Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. gentlemen it's wednesday and you know what that means it's time for the wrestling inc aew dynamite after show and have we got a show for you we've got chris jericho selling his soul we've got mjf fulfilling a promise and a new world champion but before we get into all of that allow me to introduce the crew i'm jack farmer but i'm being joined by none other than the legendary referee jimmy corderas as well as the spar with labar champion justin labar justin how you feeling today feeling good feeling good our triple j week continues triple j mm. dominance we're taking over uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, how are you feeling? It's I feel like it's been just a few days since we chatted. Yeah, yeah doesn't it? Guess who's back? Back again, Triple J, Telefriend. <laughs> you know, anyway, so. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm continuing the karaoke thing from Monday night. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, if you guys are missing Monday nights, you're missing just the, the best after show in the country. I mean, I don't know what other countries. Maybe they have better after shows in other countries. I don't know. Uh, but in America, here in the old U.S. You know what? Jimmy's here. In the uh, uh, North America, North America, uh, to the northern hemisphere, we don't do very good with ge geography here in the states. I was like, "What's that big chunk of land called?" <laughs> um, Canada. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're coming up on. A, we're driving north. We're coming up on a little town called Kenyatta. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're off to a good start. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat. By the way. Uh, Dylan Matthews already uh, with the uh, super chat of the night, maybe triple J week greater than shark week. I got to, oh. I got to agree. You know, I got to agree well, here. Thank uh, you, Dylan. Uh, we got folks from, uh, from the UK. I'll take that as a uh, Tina from the UK. I'll take that as a, we're also the greatest uh, after show in the UK. I think that's in the fair. world. In the in world. world. There you go. It is trip, triple J week, Monday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday this week. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, uh, I was trying to be humble, but I think it's, I think we can humbly say we're the greatest that's ever been assembled here. You know, um, let's get into some news. Turt, turt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks to everyone in the chat, like comment, share, subscribe. You know, the deal. Five uh, stars. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vince McMahon. Uh, he was, uh, issued a grand jury subpoena and a search warrant. Uh, WWE revealed in their latest earnings report that executive chairman Vince McMahon was served with a search warrant and federal grand jury subpoena on July 17th. 
No charges have been filed against McMahon as of this writing. The details of the warrant and subpoena are currently unknown, although it has been publicized uh, that there have been issues with McMahon and some uh, allegations pretending, uh, pertaining to some misconduct. Uh, Justin, this was news. This was There was investigations going on. That's nothing new. But the idea that there's been a grand jury uh, subpoena filed uh, and search warrants shows that maybe this isn't something that's over. Yeah, it certainly seems like um, even as Vince has tried to stay more out of the public eye, you know, uh, even as much with this company in terms of not being at TV regularly anymore. And, you know, like the new Cody documentary, Vince was not interviewed in that. And, you know, he, he, the the bad the bad the, the bad publicity is not going away. Obviously, last summer we know was the tip of the iceberg. He retired uh, until he unretired at the start of this year. Then, of course, he you know he helped he announced the the the, the merger with with Endeavor uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he's tried to lay low though otherwise as as much as Vince McMahon can lay low, I suppose. But this stuff's just not going away. Um, I don't know if anything's going to ultimately happen to him. I'm not thinking that Vince McMahon's ever going to see like a day in like prison or anything. But it just doesn't seem like things are going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all I can really take from this is that it just it just things just will not die down as it relates to controversies uh, around him. Yeah, I think Jimmy, uh, you know better than I think anybody who Vince McMahon is, uh, having met him in person. Um, I've always said, uh, maybe not always, but for a very long time, and I've said. Never, never count out Vincent Mann. Vincent Mann's no. ne- not going anywhere. Vincent Mann is going to, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, whatever's happening, um, he's going to find a way to well, be around, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, well, you said it, and he, he and he's a fighter. Let's put it that way. He is a fighter. The only thing is, I, I the choice of words that he made in his statement, and if, I, if, if I'm reading this correctly, he said, you know, it's following the investigation, um, Oh, where do I have it? I had it right here. He he said throughout, I've always, I have always denied any intentional wrongdoing and continue to do so. I find that a curious choice of words, intentional wrongdoing. He's not mm-hmm. saying that he didn't do anything wrong. He's just saying that if he did do something wrong, he was unaware of it. That's how it seems to me. So, you know, that's, that's Vince being Vince. And mm-hmm. uh, like you said, is he going to go away? I doubt it. In some form right. or fashion, Vince will always kind of be there. But at the same time, you know, a, a lot of people are getting some joy out of this, uh, the anti-Vincers, so to speak. Right, that, right. And that's wrong. You know, the, if I can understand it from a personal feeling. Let's let's look at it from a, a, a legal standpoint. I hate to be a fence sitter and say, wait and see, but wait and see what happens. I, I always like to say with things like this as well is um, – I'm not saying whether something happened or didn't happen. I don't know, but I know people are looking into it. That's their job. It's not my job to figure that out. I'm going to let them do that. So I only speak to how we as fans will perceive things. And that means I don't, I don't think Vince is going anywhere. I think that's the long and the short of it. He's, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's going to be here for a very long time. And, Frankly, if anyone has figured out how to uh, clone themselves and be with us forever, I think it's going to be Vincent Mann. If he hasn't already become a, a cybernetic robot, that will be with us forever. Um, but one way or the other, one way or the other, I think Vince will be just fine um, mm-hmm. on that. But uh, someone who else who's going to be just fine 
is going to be the elite. Uh, we they talked about it on the show, but uh, it's in the news section. We're going to talk about the news because I think there's some details that they didn't mention on the show. Uh, more news about their contracts in terms of lengths of the new deals. Uh, Fightful Select reports that one of the new contracts is said to run for quote at least four years. It's unknown if that's the case with all of the new agreements, however, and it is also unclear if the deals matched up, potentially creating a situation where the Elite's collective contracts wouldn't be up uh, at the same time. AEW and the Elite were said to have reached these new deals over the past few weeks. In regards to WWE, it appears that while the promotion was interested in Omega, Page, and the Bucks, serious talks between the two sides never ended up occurring. Um, Jimmy... uh, I think this has got to be very good news for the elite. I uh, always say that I feel like in many ways, obviously they're the heart of AEW. And I think whether you like them or not, them leaving AEW would be just a uh, cultural shot against them. Absolutely. It would have been a massive blow to that company. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, people talk about Cody and Cody's departure and going back to the WWE and how uh, people perceive that. But can you imagine, like you said, the heart and soul, the diehard, AEW faithful that buy into the elite the way they do. If they had not re-signed, boy, it could have been a, a disaster, especially for a company like you said, uh, you know, again, tonight was their 200th episode. And for all the successes that they're touting right now, how would they succeed going forward without their cornerstones? Let's put it that way. Yes, they've got some talented individuals there, but you're talking about guys who basically helped found lay the groundwork for this company and them not resigning would have been like i said a massive blow yeah i think of when uh, tna started losing guys like aj styles samoa joe and christopher daniels and and that group and how um it just it didn't feel the same after they left for a long time it still doesn't feel quite like the same TNA. it's a great show but it, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like the old tna it feels like that part of the company is now gone uh justin this is a kind of a probably a reach but it's just a a, something i was thinking if they're all it feels like or it seems like they all have sort of worked together in bargaining their contracts is it possible that it's not obviously a union but like is there something to potentially wrestlers sticking together in groups like this and using their combined forces to leverage deals well it's it's a rare thing to happen you know i mean obviously uh, the Click and, and Hall and Nash, uh, you know, they 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 kind of were the most uh, prominent examples of it in the modern era. Uh, you know, you're never going to have that's never going to be a widespread thing in wrestling, just because by the nature of wrestling, one guy always wants to it, the friendly. The even if it's friendly, the egos are always you know. So you're not going to ever get a union. You're not going to ever get anybody's going to stick together and and all walk in the same direction. But I do think in, in rare case, and this is a rare case, you have. When you had the Bucks and Kenny, you know, are your top, ta- you know, top talent in the company, but also with office responsibilities and recognitions and their titles. So they have a rare situation where uh, they they do they you know they need to kind of stick together um, in, in certain ways. So I, I think this is obviously good for AEW. You know, commentary said it tonight. Um, they put the elite in all elite wrestling. I mean, it, it you know it, the losing them you know would be a huge blow. Uh, I have to think too, and I I would assume that they had leverage on their side, they being the elite, um, for several reasons. One, 
Cody's not there, and there's a lot of fanfare right now about Cody and his story being told in the documentary, and, and the documentary very much talks about him starting AEW with those guys, and so it's very it's out there in the front lines right now, so they have that leverage of, uh, you, you don't want to lose us to, to WWE. They also have the leverage of whatever behind closed doors has been said to Tony Khan in regard to the CM Punk situation. Uh, of, oh, I don't know if I want to stay around here. Punk's still, you know, who knows? But I have to assume they have a lot of pieces that would appear to be leverage for them. So it seems like they played their cards. Good for them. I'd have to imagine they're getting paid more. That's how they got retained is that they upped their their take. And so good for them. Uh, good for them that they have life after taking bumps, that uh, presumably as long as the company still is is going growing that they have employment beyond you know needing to take bumps and that's not something many wrestlers can say that they have a retirement plan that involves wrestling but involves them not having to to to, to bump every night so uh, this is a, a huge win for them uh that they presumably if it is for four years they were going to finish out their in-ring careers at AEW, and like i said probably uh consider to have life afterwards there uh you know so that's this is a huge win for them yeah anytime the wrestlers get a win i'm happy um i always say the companies they got their money they're fine uh so i like it when the wrestlers get money um i do want to mention Corey pride had said uh they were never leaving i just got to say people said the same thing about cody so you you never know it, it when people is may leave. the rest, wrestling business and never say never in pro wrestling mm-hmm. um so i i would definitely say i think it's very possible that if I would say if I, I always believe too, like if WWE wants someone, and this isn't a shot at AEW, this is just the nature. I feel like if WWE wants somebody, they're it's you're very hard pressed for them not to get them because I think they just have the money and the exposure, and they just have the resources available to them. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that Tony Khan was able to keep the elite, I think, is a a huge win, especially if if WWE may have wanted them. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of WWE and uh, AEW and the pecking order there. Uh, for those of you who saw the American Nightmare becoming do- uh, Cody Rhodes documentary, you may have seen Triple H on there who called AEW a quote secondary promotion. And uh, Tony Khan responded to that and said, quote, We certainly won't be the secondary promotion at all in. We are number one in the UK on TV and with a record gate. I have a lot of respect for Cody. I know these weren't his words, to be fair but we're not secondary in a lot of markets for the first time in a long time. WWE has been secondary in a lot of markets. I'm proud of where we are at and we're not taking a backseat to anybody. Um, Justin, I believe this is the perfect response to that comment, but what do you think? Well, first off, I mean, Tony Khan, if he's going to answer, which he was asked the question about it, so I guess you got to answer. You know, you're not you're not going to roll over and say, "Oh, yeah, we're the secondary company." I mean, so I, I get he's going to defend and be and be prideful of his company. Uh, in terms of we're not second, and and cert- I, I I don't know what metric he's speaking of. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, maybe there are there's some metrics that he's out there that that, that he can technically top. Maybe you know they tend to run a little bit smaller buildings where WWE tends to run the arenas where like the pro hockey and basketball will run. AEW tends to run the arena where like the college runs. So you're just a tiny bit smaller. So maybe they're selling a better ratio of their buildings than I, I don't know. Be prideful of your company, of course. Uh, but I mean, but but the reality is, and again, WWE's had a 70 year head start. You're you are secondary in terms of global recognition. It it is definitely the most it is it, it is the most thriving. Uh, and place to make big money from top to bottom of the roster, 
pro wrestling company that's not named WWE that's been around since WCW. All right, you you can be guys and girls up and down the card are making more money than anywhere anywhere else. Again, not WWE, and that's all great. But I mean, obviously, yeah. And then the grand scheme of things, I mean, WrestleMania they just announced WrestleMania this past year in LA two hundred and fifteen two one five two hundred and fifteen million dollars was generated of revenue because of the economic impact that WrestleMania weekend had. I mean, so, and again, 40 year hit start with mania, but you know, it is what the, the funny thing is actually the context of what triple H is talking about is something that I've said many a time, uh, which that AEW does have to deal with right now in terms of trying to retain talent. And it, it, it was triple H talking about, you know, Cody grew up dreaming of being at WrestleMania of mm-hmm. being WWE world champ. The talent right now, the boys and girls right now in the locker rooms, that that would be the same thing for them. AEW's only been around for four years, so unless you're like 18 and just started watching wrestling when you're an adolescent, you grew up wanting to be at WrestleMania. You didn't grow up wanting to be at Double or Nothing because there was, you know. So that is something that it is a reality, and that's what Triple H is talking about. They're the company that has that kind of history and lineage. AEW's world title has four years of history and lineage. So it's it it is what it is. It makes for fun fodder for us to talk about. We we, we win the most out of all of this. Yes. Um, but it's funny because the context of what Triple H is saying is something that I constantly say that AEW is going to have to deal with. Uh, for a little bit longer until they are f- more established. They, if they do a show in Wembley every year where they can sell 60,000 tickets, okay, now you might start having talent coming up as they grow up that want to go do the Wembley show. So it evens the playing field. But you are secondary no matter how you want, if nothing else, because history is not on your side. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And anyone who has never been to a WrestleMania, go to WrestleMania, and you'll see, mm-hmm. some, you'll see just how in, incredible it is, especially uh, this year when they were in L.A. and – Look, there's a lot of stuff going on in L.A. every single day. There's a ton of things. And to see what WrestleMania did in a place where there's always stuff going on and still was this massive thing that took over the city, that is absolutely incredible. And to Justin's point, yeah, it's there's things that are just baked into people's brains about where they're going to want to be and what they're going to want to do. Uh, it doesn't matter how big the XFL gets, for instance, people want to be in the NFL growing up. Mm-hmm. It, even if even if the XFL got just as big as the NFL, there's going to be 20 years of people who said, I want to be in the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. That that said, I don't think that I'm not ever going to, I'm not implying that AEW is the bigger of the two or it's, it's the number one company, Jimmy. But uh, what I like is the way Tony Khan responded. It felt like he, de- he never said that they were the biggest company. He never said that anything negative necessarily about WWE, but he just said, look, these are our strengths. We're, we got this big show coming up. We're doing well here and here. We're, I thought it was, it was a very well politically done answer, if that makes sense. Uh, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, he was choosing his words very carefully. And one thing, yes, I get it. Triple H took that little jab at him by saying, you know, his secondary company is, you know, but at the same time, uh, and I hate to put it this way, in a sense, he's not wrong. Like Justin said, the number one company in the world right now, overall, is the WWE. And if you look at their numbers, they're doing some massive business right now as well. And yes, you can tout the Wembley show, but this is the first time ever going there. So like Justin said, you're going to have to see how how well they do when they come back. As we see... um, from from an attendance standpoint, most of the places that AEW goes to, the numbers are stagnant. You know, they they're not growing their their attendance numbers, other than like you said, the Wembley show and maybe some certain television markets. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they 
they haven't reached the level. And yes, they're a young company and hopefully they will grow and be uh, very competitive to the WWE and push them harder. Mm-hmm. They've already pushed them a little bit. You know, they, they've got them, you know, uh, going, hey, maybe we need to do a little more. But now, for right now, I hate to say it, they're the number two company. As, as much as I like to see them grow more and more and more and be more competitive, did, did what Triple H say? It's it's how he said it. Right. Well, you know I like I like what Triple H said. I like conflict. I like when they I like when they fight. To be fair, so right. for the record, I like that Triple H t- said what he said too. Mm. I just <laughs> I just I think that Tony Khan is in a spot where you have to be very clever how you answer those questions, so you don't come off looking like you're either just lying. Or, yeah, we're number two. <laughs> you know? Well, no, well, you don't expect them to say that exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't come in and say number two. You're going to tout your strengths, and and uh, you know, he didn't come off sounding like he was, you know, I can't believe yeah. he said that about us. And, you right. know, he tr- he tried to make it sound as professional as possible, but at the same time, there was this underlying you can tell kind of like I can't believe he said that. Right. <laughs> Right, which is again why I like I like I like it when the companies take shots at each other. It's fun. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and AEW's graduated in Triple H's vocabulary. I was there for the Hall of Fame speech when Triple H turned to Billy Gunn and said, uh, you know, when they when the fans are starting to chant about AEW, and he said, uh, you know, Vince will buy, buy put put that little T-shirt company out of business or buy that little T-shirt company out of business. Uh, so they've at least graduated to the so they're a secondary company. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of looking at it too. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, let's get into the show, but before we do, of course, I got to say to everyone one more time, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, shout out to everyone in the chat with uh, Dylan Matthews, by the way, hey, I don't stir any poop emojis, you know that, <laughs> uh, but shout out to Ricky and Tuck and Justine, I haven't seen a while, Justine Swerve show, uh, Corey Pride, Zook Enigma and Tim Mickles and, um, everyone else who's with us today. Uh, and also, of course, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to the lurkers out there. Of course, DraftKings, Huffman Elite Training, Beer Money, and Slim Majors getting in there. John Jordan at the very last second of the roll call. But let's get on with the show. Uh, we're going to talk about pro, we're gonna talk about AEW for a little bit here. Um, we start the show with Jericho and Takeshita versus Garcia and Guevara. And um, it was, uh, I thought this was a fun match. I thought it was good times. Uh, I've been a fan of Daniel Garcia for a long time. I think he has a very bright future. And look, Justin, I know there's a lot of story to this match, but my guy, Daniel Garcia, got an aggressive dancing hip thrust over, baby. That he did. <laughs> that he did. It's, it was a Jack Farmer wedding special. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, the, I like the story. I like this. I like the story that's going on here with Jericho and, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. I appreciate it. I like th- these are the kind of stories and conflict and um week to week cliffhangers uh, of what's what's going to happen next i think that this is what does keep people coming back uh this what you know so i i and, and it also helps get you know rub and elevate other talents so um yeah it's a good tag match I, again overall i just like the underlying story here I, I don't really have much to critique on this uh yeah it was a uh um oh you got your, your hand up jimmy what's up no I, I i agree with justin that there isn't much to critique but of course you know me being the striped shirt guy there, mm-hmm. there's something that always that <sighs> it's an issue with AEW that I see too often. And yes, it was a fun match. I was enjoying it. I was into it. I liked the ending where, you know, uh, 
Chris was conflicted. Do I cover him? He covers him. And, and you know what I mean? He, you can mm-hmm. saw that he, he was kind of feeling bad about it and stuff like that. But the way they distracted the ref was nonsensical yeah. to me. Here we had Garcia had Jericho. It was Garcia, right? Had Jericho yeah. in basically in his finisher. Uh, and he calls it the dragon slayer. It's like a, yeah. like a sharpshooter slash lion tamer kind of. Right. Exactly. Move. Yeah. So he had him in the hold, and then here comes, uh, you know, uh, Takesha trying to trying to make the save, and he was dragged out by Garcia, and they were fighting on the outside. So the two illegal guys are fighting on the outside. So why is the referee distracted by them when the legal guys are in the ring? Right. The distraction made me go, why is his back turned? And, you know, you get, I get it. He's told to do it so they you do the uh, the the bat shot by, by Callis. But at the same time, it's like, you know, make the make the distract the heat goes to the referee, goes to the right. wrong guy. That's the thing. Right. No, I and I, I agree. I, especially when you say it like that. Yeah. If, if the two non-legal people are doing something, who cares what they're doing? They can go yeah. have do whatever they want. They're not even in the match. Um, I do got to give a quick shout out to um, Jericho's jacket, which was a beauty this time around. But the thing that I so I like the story. I like it all. This is a a Jack nitpick here, um, mm-hmm. but. Jericho has been a bad guy for 200 dynamites now. Well, maybe 197 of them. So suddenly him feeling conflicted about this feels very insincere to me. Like I wish they would have given him a little bit more time to make us think that he's had a change of heart and is a different guy, as opposed to I've, I've, cheated and taken advantage and used the numbers game to get my way in every situation for 197 dynamites. But now, Oh, what have I done? I've used, <laughs> you know, the bat that I'm famous for bringing to the ring. <laughs> um, again, it's a nitpick. I get what they're doing. I get where we're going. It's fine. But would have liked it if they teased it a little bit longer. Uh, later on, uh, we get, uh, the man with the hardest nipples in the business, Magic Daddy, saying that next week there's going to be a mandatory JAS meeting. Um, Justin, I thought, honestly, I thought JAS was over because of this match, but it looks like we're doing something else. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of, but I, I haven't, I'm interested. I'm kind of curious now. Like, what is it? Oh, and, and like you said, did, is Jericho really conflicted? Is he playing, you know, so is he playing some mind game? So, yeah, we'll see. Um, if, if you know, and again, fitting 200 dynamite to start with Jericho, who's been mm-hmm. you know a bedrock for, of dynamite since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, it'll be a it'll definitely be a fun the JAS and Jericho. Whenever he does these kind of segments, I think a lot of people have done these kind of things, whether it be uh, the you know Miz TV or a KO show or whatever. JAS like business meeting named get-togethers in the ring. Always see Jericho's like the king of that kind of thing, and so they're always entertaining, they always deliver. So, I do think next week it's going to be a very at least entertaining uh part of the show. So, I'm excited right. for that. Um, we did get a um, we got a video package from Tony Khan. First, Tony Khan uh, thanks us for the 200 dynamite milestone, thanks us for what's going on in uh sales for all in, and then we get a video package. And uh, I know there's not a lot to necessarily take away from a video package except jimmy for me you know it's our job we we come on here and week in and week out we we sort of pick apart these shows and things like that and sometimes i think 
we kind of take for granted all these great moments we get to see. And I think what AEW is very good at with these videos is it kind of reminds me like, man, there have been a lot of really great times on AEW Dynamite. They did it when they ended the pandemic era too. They had another really fantastic video kind of looking back mm -hmm. over the empty arena era. But um, I just want to get your thoughts of like, man, you look back, there have been some really incredible moments here in AEW over the past 200 episodes. It, there have been. The only critique I have of this whole thing is, you know, yes, they started off the show hot with that tag match. Maybe Tony Khan should have started off the show in the ring to mm. introduce this video package because it was the 200th Dynamite and it's supposed to be a huge deal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think doing something like that, because Tony Khan doesn't appear in front of the audience very, very often at all. Yeah. So it makes it feel special and let him make that presentation and thank the fans, thank the talent, thank the staff and everyone and go to the video package. And then it feels like a big deal. Not that it didn't feel like a big deal, but at the, mm -hmm. it would have felt like a big, the big deal. It should have felt like. Yeah. Jimmy, I agree. It would have been more gravitas if he kicks it off. It wouldn't have been special because he doesn't off. He doesn't regularly appear out in front of him. But I think, it's, I think there's a reason for that. I don't think he's comfortable out there. Mm -hmm. On yeah. a microphone, I think I think he prefers the pre-tape. Give him a few takes, give him a prompter. I think that's I think that's where his comfort is, and so I um, I get that. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it is the 200th episode, and supposed to feel like a big deal, and your boss isn't even out there in front of the crowd. Yeah, I I I agree with both points. I do think that he's probably more uh, comfortable there, and I think that's why I noticed in the chat some people are talking about how much he's blinking. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons he's not blinking. Is uh, anyone who's read a teleprompter. Uh, and hasn't done it many times, you'll notice when you look back, your eyes are a little bit like, and the next thing that happens yep. is because you're, you're trying not to lose your space. So um, I know not everyone has teleprompters around, but try it sometime mm -hmm. and, and watch yourself. You'll mm -hmm. notice that you don't blink and your eyes are kind of weird because you're, you're reading. But um, anyways, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff there. Like I said, not really a whole lot to, to pull apart there. I did want to say in the chat, I think it was Corey Pride mentioned there's not enough MJF. I got a feeling and we'll talk about that segment a little bit it's because everything mjf did was bad <laughs> they're trying mm -hmm. to make us forget about all this stuff mjf has done mm -hmm. um uh, hard for you to like a guy when you're like and here's that time he whipped cody rhodes <laughs> with a weightlifting belt <laughs> uh we do get uh jerry uh, uh a jack perry promo here and uh he calls out Jerry Lynn and uh, Jerry Lynn comes out, says he's not cleared to wrestle, but he knows a guy who is. And Justin, I don't know about you. I feel like you and I might be in the same boat here, but I got the, I popped so hard to hear RVD walking out to walk again. I, that I would, I had heard rumblings online that he might be there, but when I heard the music, I was like, Oh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I got to say this. Uh, I do like this about Tony Khan. Is he has no problem dropping money on music rights. <laughs> and, um, you know, so many of the ECW guys and, uh, you know, are, are, are attached to the mainstream alt-rock or heavy metal music that they <laughs> illegally used in the 90s that Paul Heyman got away with. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, if you're going to have RVD... Um, uh, obviously, WWE wrote a themed for him that he uses when he's in WWE. But if but that, obviously AEW's not going to use that, and and so yeah, what's the what's the song that's anonymous? Well, it's here in those opening riffs for that. You know, if, just like if Dreamer was to show up, you have to use Allison Chains' "Man in the Box." It's mm -hmm. it's just what's it's just what's synonymous with them. Uh, if you had Sandman, you have to use Metallica. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
and and so it is kind of cool because yeah, you go back and if you watch WWE Network or you watch any of the DVDs, they've scrubbed over. You know, um, I think it's funny. I forget. What, you, know, you go back and watch some old ECW stuff that's on you know, WWE produced DVDs, and you know, New Jack comes out, and 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 they and they so and they're not going to let you hear natural porn killers. So they have like some generic house made hip hop that's being played. <laughs> Over right. top of it, or or you know, even 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 Hogan when Hogan comes out in WCW and he's coming out to the to uh, Voodoo Child and 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 they dub over that to just Hulk Hogan's you know Hulkamania music. So I you know I it is fun to hear that 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 did really help up the moment for me. I have to agree. And yeah, I mean, I think quite frankly, again, given Tony's uh, love and affinity for the original ECW, I'm kind of surprised it took this long for us to go down the path of having uh, a wrestler basically kind of running down you know ecw guys i mean maybe he wanted to do it earlier but the pandemic stopped it i don't know but uh an rvd match would be fun rvd's still in great shape he's still over like rover all you got a point in case mm-hmm. is, is this gimmick still over uh and i'm kind of curious does it end there or are there more ecw mm-hmm. uh toys out in the closet to come out and play yeah, Jimmy, that's the question. And uh, I like to make it known. I love it when legends come back. Some people get all bummed out like, ah, I'll put on young guys. No, I love it when legends that I used to love come back. What are your thoughts on seeing RVD come back and obviously have a match, as he say, is going to happen later uh, for the mm-hmm. FTW title? Are you excited to see RVD back? Uh, do you think it's going to be good for Jack Perry? What are your thoughts? For this story, I'm glad to see him back because it makes sense to have an ECW original, so to speak, come back and and fight, let's say, for the honor of ECW since Jack Perry's been running it down. And you got to give props to, to Jack Perry because he seems to have found a groove in this role as a heel and the, mm-hmm. anti, and the anti-ECW guy. But if they do this right and they elevate Jack Perry through this by him going through some ECW uh, legends, so to speak, you know, working his way through slowly, uh, you know, RVD being there. Obviously, Jerry Lynn said tonight he can't go. We know that Taz is, is, is one that can't go, you know, and working his way through some legendary ECW names. But then Hook comes back to just kind of like, you know, gain his revenge for um, the ECW originals. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a story being told there. I think this is just the beginning. Yeah, I wonder what legends are available that they could use beyond um, beyond RVD. I mean, I know there's some guys who are still going, but I think a lot of them are with Impact now. Um, uh, well, but I don't know. Maybe they've worked with Impact I, before. Yeah, I but I but I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think I think anything other than WWE, I think anything's possible. You know, Tony's Mister mm-hmm. Forbidden Door, right? So I think mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just throwing. I'm, I'm basically just throwing names out there who I know still actively wrestle. Bully, bully, Tommy yeah. Dreamer. I saw Sandman uh, within the last year. He was backstage when uh, I worked. I worked a thing with Rhino, so that's Sandman and Rhino. I mean, Sam, you know, yeah, Sandman's right. not Sandman's not to do a match, but he could come do his. his he could drink. He could drink a beer, come through the crowd, and kendo stick somebody. Uh, he yeah, did it to me. Right. He can do it to them. Uh, <laughs> Lucky you, I think. Uh, <laughs> a couple kendo shots and a cold beer poured down my crotch. Um, this is Sandman, Rhino, Bully, Tommy. Um, there's also some guys like I wonder if now my favorite was Lance Storm back in the day. I, Ooh, but uh, I don't think Lance I, wrestles anymore. I don't. I don't think he do, he does anymore. But I wonder if he's in shape enough to to give it one more go. go. I don't know. I don't mm. know what his health situation is like. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but even even Sandman, I, I, I have zero idea what his health situation is like, but I feel like with the what he does, you could have a three minute like, yeah, he comes like hardcore match. He comes in with the kendo stick, hits Jack Perry a few times before Jack Perry does something cheap and rolls him up or something. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. um, he's not the kind of guy where you need to have a high, fast paced, you know, tope suicida match. You could do just a bunch of little stuff. Right. Um, I say little, but I, I'm talking about getting hit with a kendo stick. So that's very, <laughs> it's bigger than I make it sound. Yeah, just, just little stuff, just hitting each other with weapons. You know, they randomly, randomly just had Sabu a few months ago. So that would be right. weird if he came back. I mean, you, I don't know, you could, I mean, depending on what they're doing, but yeah, I think, I think that'd be fun to see. I'd love to see that. Um, but, um, yeah, that should be fun. I think Jack Perry, I think his like Jimmy, like you mentioned, totally found a groove. And when he had that moment where he hid behind the little kid as he ran out, <laughs> I thought, oh my god, that's brilliant. That is just brilliant. This yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, the, yeah, it just totally, totally awesome. So mm-hmm. uh, we then get to a triple threat match. Anything goes. Uh, Trent versus John Moxley versus Penta. Lots of hard-hitting moments. Uh, the shock here is that Trent gets the win. Uh, post-match, Mox is choking out Trent, and the BCC shows up. Uh, they get intercepted by the best friends, and they challenge the BCC to a parking lot brawl on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I, I guess, uh, Jimmy, I got two questions for you. Okay. One, aren't all triple threat matches anything goes, basically? Uh, and two... Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever worked a match where there were thumbtacks or after a match with thumbtacks? Uh, yes. And, uh, you have to be very, very careful, especially if you're referee counting anywhere around thumbtacks. It's, uh, my good. I, I, to this day, I still can't fathom how these guys take those bumps and those thumbtacks. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. And uh, the thing about this match though, okay. Uh, is it, it just felt like violence for the sake of violence. Mm-hmm. you know like uh, why were these three facing each other what yeah. was the reason for it other than hey let's have an odq match on our 200th uh, episode of they were because they well the story was they were three originals that were all there for the very beginning right <clears throat> yeah. so yeah. that that warranted an odq anything goes match i, I don't know i just mm-hmm. The reasoning for the step, that's all. No, I get it. it the, the, that, the, this kind of blood and violence uh, w- would be like, oh, we're, at, we're again, we're at the end of a, a, a passionate blood feud. I, that that mm-hmm. I get. I mean, you know, right. I, I understood the, putting the three together, you know, three originals, but I agree. I mean, to, to Trent was bleeding in his skull with the, the, some of the lacerations mm-hmm. he had and everything. I mean, you know, it, it, and t- and it, took, it took 200 episodes. This is the biggest win Trent's had in his AEW career. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, by far, I he earned saying, it. He earned yeah. it. But you said you had a second question as well. No, I, those two. I guess um, one is that aren't all triple threat matches technically anything goes. <clears throat> well, they're, they're they're technically you can't get disqualified. There's no you know count out on the ropes and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, if you can't get disqualified, doesn't that mean anything goes? <laughs> pretty much. Um, I guess just one way of phrasing it is encouraging things happening versus the other one saying, "Eh, mm-hmm. we're not going to stop you." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a, um, that was kind of a surprise for me that Trent got the win. I don't like the, the, the thumbtack stuff, but I know some people do. So 
and I know that that's a segment of the AEW fan base, so I don't get too like caught up in whether or not they do it. But oh yeah, it's not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. That said, Justin, my question for you is: I'm not expecting uh, one match to change a year's worth of expectations, but putting BCC versus Best Friends parking lot brawl match on Rampage is that a step towards making Rampage relevant again? No, no, I don't, I don't, I, I just think that it's they maybe needed something for Rampage, something just to stand out, something you know, just to have, let's have a different segment, or let's have a different fight that's not in the ring. Um, you know, Collision seems they seem like they have kind of a booking plan with Collision. Collision seems pretty, you know, they have they have a plan for that. So it's just kind of like almost like Rampage, like, all right, where else can we stick this thing at? You know, I, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I mean, I think Rampage clearly is obviously clear. It's now it's the number three show for them. Um, and again, they they tape it right after they do Dynamite, so it's kind of like, you know, you you got to keep in mind that you have the same audience that's gonna be watching that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't much of it yeah uh beer money says jack needs anna j with him i think she's taken um (laughs) uh uh, we later on we get uh mjf coming out and he tells us a story of kids bullying him and how protecting himself made him into a scumbag but now he's our scumbag and mjf asks adam cole to come out and says they he Adam Cole says how proud he is of Max and the man he's becoming. Max teases that he's not going to give Adam Cole the title shot he promised him, uh, but he actually does. Says it's going to be for the main event at All In. Uh, He signs it, and they hug backstage. The kingdom sees Roderick Strong upset and twists the knife a little bit. Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you go ahead and just take it. Well, you know, I, I like MJF's backstory that he's given here. Um, you know, I like the little touch. I like the fact that Adam Cole came out, but he, he came out with no music. So I think if they would have played the music, it would have everybody would have gotten so wrapped up in doing the music at the entrance that we, we would have probably got detached from the emotion that MJF had been building up. So I, I thought a lot of things in this segment were well, were, were pretty well executed and thought of. Um, I, I got to say, you know, so 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 this is gonna be the match. This is the main event. This is the the title match at Wembley. Which um, earlier this year, when we knew they were doing the show, uh, I had said many. I said, I said so many times, like, oh, okay, if MJF still champion, MJF versus Adam Cole, I feel like it's the biggest match organically they could come, they could do. Aside from if we leaned into Punk versus the Elite stuff, the, the real life stuff, it was okay. MJF versus Adam Cole's, you know, MJF's your biggest heel. Adam Cole just organically feels like your most over babyface. So I was right in that prediction. I did not see it getting there this way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you. I assume I'd be curious what you two think. I assume Max is going to string him along another week or two, and then he's going to kick him the balls and 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 oh, you d- dumbass! You believed all you actually thought you were my friend. I assume could so you have some heat going into this. <laughs> I assume that you want the heat going into this before the day of. You don't want to have them go in the day of and everybody think oh they're still friends, and then Max get get devious during them like you know what i mean I, I feel like but then again the, the damn show's already sold out so maybe right. they figure but i mean i don't know you still have to sell pay-per-views I, so i don't know I, i'm i i'm interested i'm watching this is definitely this is the one of the segments i look forward to the most each week is what these two guys do because i'm they got me along now on the story uh it just it's not what i would have thought have thought it would have been but that's okay go ahead and be unpredictable um so i'm i'm watching closely with this i'm really inter- interested and after you, after Jimmy gives his thoughts, I have a 
MJF question I want to ask both of you in the audience. Yeah, and, and uh, Jimmy, my first of all, there's some people in the chat saying that they think because we didn't see the contract that's going to be a non-title match or something. I don't think that's the case because they said it was going to main event the show, and there's no right. way they're going to have a non-title match main event the show. Uh, but Jimmy, I, I get everything that Justin's saying. They, there needs to be some heat between them, but I also kind of think, one, this is just hot the way things are going. And I look at the Bloodline storyline, and so much of the way they're selling pay-per-views now in WWE, PLEs and WWE right now is you got to wait for that big show to see whether or not people mm -hmm. break up or whether or not they stick around. Do you think these two stay friends until all in, or do you think we see a backstabbing happen before that? I think, I think you can see it happen. I think both ways would work, but one of the ways that it can work where you wait until the actual night of the show and even the introductions and MJF grabs the mic. Oh, by the way, Adam, I forgot to tell you, you should have read the contract because, you mm -hmm. know, basically he handed him the contract. He signed it without reading it. Look at the stipulation in the contract or just making stuff up or whatever, you know, like whatever the case, one hand is tied behind your back or something like that, you know, just something that puts Adam Cole at a disadvantage, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or whatever the case may be. But uh, uh, I find it interesting that they're going in that direction, but you, you could also, you know, reveal that the dynamite before. Right. At the same time, but will it have the same effect? That's just a, how the crowd will react. But like Justin said, the show's already pretty much sold out. So you can wait till the night of to spring it on them, so to speak. Yeah, you know? I think they are so far knocking this out of the park in every way AEW can as far as this rivalry goes, Justin. But mm -hmm. I want to hear your uh, your question for the uh, for the, yeah. the, the committee here. So, you know, given again. Cody Rhodes stuff back in the front, like I said, with the documentary. They got the, he's, Tony Khan's got the elite sign now long-term, just sticking around. Is there any possible way that Tony Khan has not re-signed MJF yet? MJF was very vocal that, his, that he's a free agent come 2024. But I'm sitting here watching all this. I'm sitting here thinking about all this. And, okay, we signed the elite and, and, and whatever. Like, there's no way, because there's no way... In good business, Tony Khan is letting MJF be his champion on this run. He's been champion for like over like 250 something days, having this great run, doing it. Like, there's no way that he's doing all this and still doesn't know if like MJF could be in the Royal Rumble next year. MJF could be ever something because, because, like, because if, if, if he has a resign him and MJF actually leaving is still a real contractual possibility, you would then have your potentially longest running AEW world champion ever, depending on when he drops this, then immediately go to the competition. Hmm. Oh, and you're not secondary. So like, I'm just having to think like they, they must've like anytime MJF says like, Oh, Benny war. He, he signed, right? It, Tony's not giving him this live mic this many times. Tony's not letting him do all this without knowing I've already got ink to paper. He's already locked in for the next however many years. Do you agree? Disagree chat, please. I'd love to hear what people think. I think he's signed. I think they re-signed him, uh, or at least extended him, or something along those lines. It, mm -hmm. I think if if Tony is smart, he's he's extending him and, and offering him gobs of money because I have a feeling WWE will back up the Brinks truck for for MJF once mm -hmm. that time comes if it still hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, and I agree with you, Justin. I think it'd be silly to keep the title on him until the end if that's his plan. But I also, just to play devil's advocate, I could imagine Tony Khan back in the day watching CM Punk in WWE walk away with the title and how cool that looked and what that, it, how that went. And it, it, I, I just, I, I could imagine that that's, that's you'd, you'd be such a wrestling mark that you'd look overlook good business practice. It, oh, this guy, he's going to resign. He will. He's telling me he's going to. Like, I, I, unless MJF loses at Wembley and then all of a sudden disappears and isn't on TV. Now, then I would start to say, okay, he used MJF to help sell Wembley and help get Adam Cole even more over. Hmm. And then if he disappears, then maybe there's a contract situation that is still playing out backstage. But uh, I don't know. I, J- Jimmy, I mean, I just, I, I'd have to think like, I mean, that Cody documentary even makes it out as like, Cody's working without a contract and Brandy even says, you know, like that you didn't renew the contract and this is a competitive business. And then, then they cut to Bruce Pritchard, who's talking about mutual friends and Cody calls them. And it's like, look, Bruce Pritchard uh, worked with MJF and MLW. And MJF has dropped Bruce Pritchard's name on AEW before in promos. Like it, it, they, they, MJ, um, they have each other's phone numbers. Right. You know what I mean, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, and I mean, I just, I, I know some people are talking about, how MJF would be used in the WWE and watered down and stuff. Everything I've seen from MJF tells me that he'll be just fine. Even if they change how he has to act, he, he understands Mm -hmm. how to be entertaining. Uh, Sorry. No, 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 no. No. And, and, and like you said, and and he's great in his promos and, and maybe like you said, if it, if it were in WWE, he may have to change some of the verbiage, like, like some Mm -hmm. of the stuff he said in tonight's promo may not fly too well in the WWE world, but uh, again, MJF can work around those issues. He's that good. And you talk about, well, he resigned. You know, Tony Khan, I hope he's a smart enough businessman to know, because I don't know the man, uh, mm-hmm. a smart enough businessman to know that, you know, by trying to resign him, allowing him to do what he wants to do as a way to get him to resign is may not be a good basis practice, if you know what I mean. Well, and if Tony's smart, and I mean, I mean, I'm being very elementary here on my my understanding. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill any of this but i'm pretty sure if tony gets him to sign an extension or gets rather if, if mjs contract truly with AEW truly is intact until the end of 2023 if in that time period meaning now or sometime before or whatever if, if, if he can get mjf to sign a new contract that then always keeps MJF under an AEW like the so in theory WWE cannot contact MJF in theory they cannot excuse me they cannot make him an offer but it's like if Tony lets this deal expire and maybe that's where MJF smart maybe MJF says no I'm gonna let this naturally expire I'm gonna get myself to the point to where WWE can call me and make me a formal offer I want to see just how much do they see worth in me what you know so if Tony hopefully Tony was able for, for his sake to get MJF to just to sign a new deal, so that way he's never in a position to technically be allowed to hear an offer from WWE. Now, it's wrestling. Who's to say somebody doesn't slip a note, pass a note when the teacher's not looking, and say, 
you know, but legally speaking, that would be the best play is to get him to sign an ex- a new contract while you already have him under contract. Yeah, that, I mean, he works within the NFL, or he has ties. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what he does in the NFL. So he understands that kind yeah, of. Like he's like the director of analytics for. Yeah. Right. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the time when uh, the uh, four fellows from WCW went over to yeah. uh, WWE because they were technically. It, it, long story short, I, I I had a little hand in that, as a mutual friend of those four and myself called me one Sunday morning while I was at home and said, Hey, um, I was speaking with some friends of mine and he didn't mention them, but he said, he's four guys. I think you know who they are. They were just wondering if there would be any interest in them. So I gave him the, the mutual friend, uh, Michael Hayes number. And they, he called him, he told him let's get in contact. So there was kind of like a, a backhanded way of getting into signing, uh, you know, Eddie, Chris, Dean, and, uh, um, Perry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's, I have a feeling, I, I know they can't tamper with contracts, but I don't think it's that hard for even for someone to say, Hey, Cody, we sure would love to pay Max X amount of money. And then it'd be, it'd be a terrible if you told one of Max's friends that we were thinking that, you mm-hmm. know, and then whatever, however they have to get around yeah. it. But um, yeah, Max, but look, it goes back to what I said earlier. Max grew up watching WWE. Max has a has a WWE microphone or whatever at his bar mitzvah that he's shown when he was a team. Like, that's what you're competing with. Is you're competing with, you know, come put on the pinstripes, come to New York, come be a Yankee. Yep. You know. Yep. Come 100%. join. Come join the legends. Like, come join the legends of Murder's Row that's been here. Come join the the the, the lineage that is Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold and The Rock and John Cena and Roman Reigns. You can be a part of that list. You know, that's that's what you're fighting with. That's where you have to add the extra zeros if you're Tony Khan to, yep. to, to, to retain. And on top of that, I mean, you can get plugged into so many different uh, entertainment avenues now, especially the, oh my the God. Endeavor. And then, I mean, the, they're one of the CEOs the t- is a Hollywood agent. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Nick Khan, yeah, could you imagine? I mean, MJF would be, you know, MJF could relieve the Miz of some of the media duties. MJF could go on the Today Show and he'd kill it. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%. MJF could have a reality show following. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think it's possible that they can sign him, but I agree with you. They better do. I would do it sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. and I would offer him a boatload of money. Yep. Um, speaking of a boatload of money, a couple guys that just got some. The Elite uh, have a match with Jarrett Lethal and Satnam Singh. Um, it was kind of a silly one. Uh, best spot in the match, I thought, was uh, no one wanting to tag in when Satnam was in the in the mm-hmm. match. Um, lots of outside shenanigans here, uh, but it was fun. And at the end, they let everyone know that they are going to be staying with AEW. But, Jimmy, they also say, heck, maybe even collision. Yeah, uh, I know. They planted a seed there. And you know what? Everybody's talking about this. What, they Did they sign? Is there an issue here? You know, in the contract, was it stated something with them and CM Punk and all the whole thing that's going on? If they were smart and did business the right way, they would work around their dispute because there is money to be made here. And you talk, I talked earlier in this thing about them growing their audience. This is a way they could do it because you have a guy, and this is not a knock on the Kenny Omegas and the Hangman Pages and the Bucks or anything like that. But you got a name like CM Punk, who's recognized worldwide, not just mm-hmm. to 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 the wrestling community. 
And if you can get that out there, people might get invested and go, wait, what's going on here? So there, there is money to be made there if these guys would do business. You know, they. I, I agree with everything Jimmy said, and I'll just extend it to this. They have the Wembley show on August 27th, and then like, what is it, like some like a week later, whatever they're doing, all out. Uh, again, yeah. Again in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then, what, two, three weeks after that, they're doing their Arthur Ashe show, stadium show in Queens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Chicago for obvious reasons. But if you needed something with quick turnaround to sell out either or not sell out but but, but to draw serious money to at either one of their shows the very quick turnaround all it would take is one collision pr- a week or two prior to either of those two shows all out or the the, the Arthur Ashe all it would take is one collision or one dynamite one collision or maybe maybe on dynamite the elite says you know i've been getting kind of bored on saturday i need some weekend plans maybe let's go to collision this weekend let's see let's let's check that out and you heard tonight, even when they said collision, everybody went, ooh, everybody knew what they meant. That the, I mean, the AEW audience, they're all plugged into this stuff, right? I mean, they were all chanting RVD. They all read the internet. Yeah, I got my pen out, my pencil up. <laughs> so if they just said, you know, I'm kind of bored, you know, let's go, to, let's go, let's see what's going on on Saturdays. First off, they'd have the best collision ratings viewership up to that date. Yeah. And you don't have to even do much. It would just simply be. Music can just hit. Stare downs can happen. You could even save the promo for one of the stadium shows where they actually start shit talking, and then that could then extend to the payoff of a match at the next at at the Arthur Ashe. Like you could get a few things out of it if you need it in in two big shows, all just by putting them in the same building together and letting people think, "Ooh, what's real? What's not? What's a shoot? What's a work? Are they friends? Are they not?" So if they need something and they don't have a lot of time to build stories, go with the story that's been going on for the last year on the internet and behind the scenes. You know, I love that. And, you know, speaking of easy, you could even just have them, you know, as you say, they, they say they're bored on a, on Saturdays. Don't even hit the music. You, you like the callbacks to old stuff, have them come through the crowd like uh, Scott Mm -hmm. Hall did and uh, do something, you know, I don't know, but I like, yeah, I mean, come on. It's just, that'd be so like, you can imagine Mm -hmm the excitement of one of their musics or, or Kenny Omega says, I'm going to have a match on collision and he's having his match with against, it could be a nobody uh, just so he gets to win. And then after the match, you hear CM Punk's music hit. I mean, the place would explode. Uh, just know that they're going to have a face to face. That's the money. That's the money match right there. I'm just uh, saying. Yeah. Uh, we got what really one of my favorite parts of the night. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say, but uh, mogul embassy. Uh, we get AR Fox cutting a promo and then they go visit the buddy Wayne Academy where Nick Wayne is training and they beat the crap out of him and then call Darby Allen from Nick Wayne's phone to talk trash. Uh, Jimmy, I am a huge mogul embassy fan. And I think, I think they've got gold with this group and I think they got gold with this storyline. No, it's, it was a nice little story. I liked the way it was told again, the one little thing that didn't wasn't needed in this situation was because we had it earlier in the night was the blood to leave him bloody. That wasn't necessary. It was an added piece that really didn't need to be done. But other than that, 
it's a great story being told and the way they did it and make him, you know, call Darby Allen so that they can talk to him and all that sort of stuff. It, it, there is, again, this is something that's getting people invested and it's not, it's a story. Stories and characters get people invested and that's what we're getting here. Yeah. I, I think, uh, and, and Justin, you can be the deciding factor here, the, the, the split, the decision. This is one of the few times I felt like the blood was good. Cause I felt like it really, like they were really, invading nick wayne's home and really hurting him well i agree that this was heavy uh and i'm not gonna say heavy's bad this was just heavy it made you feel things um i agree jack the blood i agree with you i, I agree the the blood is a the blood was a, a because this felt so like 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 dateline ish like they just mm -hmm. broke into this dude's house you know, property and yeah they do the and then the, mm -hmm. the call but i but i also agree with jimmy that i became a little desensitized in my two hours tonight to blood because i saw the ridiculous amount of blood that i did in the match that as jimmy was even asking why did we why did it have to be that for you know for that for this you know we're, we're celebrating the originals of dynamite why did they have to have you know why did it have to be a crazy ass so i do agree that had i not seen any blood anywhere else on the show that would have amplified it even more in this segment yeah and quite frankly does moxley uh, trent and penta need blood no they're all three of them are pretty well especially at least penta and moxley are pretty well established to the aew audience uh nick could use the elevation here so let him have the blood and this might be another example again of aew they got a lot going on again this is where quality control communication uh Hey, you know, this is where Tony needs to know and step in and say, "Look, we're really banking on you know, Jimmy. What's the saying? Um, red equals green. We're really banking on this blood is going to like help move the story along and really move us to a good pay payoff eventually for Nick. So no other blood tonight. Let's, let's really make. But again, Tony might not see it that way. Or again, Tony being an ECW guy, he might he, he wants as much blood as I, I don't know. But I, I, I but I agree with what both of you said to an extent. But overall, this was heavy, and uh, yeah, I uh, this this made you this made you go this made the shoulders rise up a little bit. Right. Yeah, I, I watching this. I, I just I think that this I think this is gonna be very good for everyone involved. I, I've I've talked about how much I, I'm a big fan of Swerve for a while. I think that Swerve, I think him fitting in with the Mogul Embassy is going great. Mm -hmm. I thought Ar Fox's promo was great. Um, I've always thought he was entertaining in the ring wrestler, but like this made me go, oh, this guy's uh, someone to to fear. And I love that when they showed up, they said, "Hey, nerds." <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know why that. Yeah. that popped me a little bit but uh but they're but they're emerging and that's what's happening here they're 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 connecting with the audience in a as heels let's put it that way and for those people who are they're going come on jimmy got hit over the head with the thing of course he's going to bleed yes i understand that but like justin said you it's almost desensitized after you see guys going through tables thumbtacks uh, all the weapons and garbage cans that went on earlier. So yeah, that's all. I, I have a feeling mogul embassy will start to be very similar to a judgment day in the sense that they were kind of like this group that was there, but I think as they get going, they're going to start really becoming a force in AEW. At least I, I hope so. Cause I'm a big fan of them. Um, we got Aussie open versus commander and by Kingo for the ring of honor titles. And this was, uh, Jimmy, this is just a high-flying, fun matchup. It, it reminded me very much of the uh, cruiserweight matches in the old Thunder Day or uh, mm -hmm. Nitro days, where 
maybe it you know probably not a lot of stakes don't think a lot of people thought Aussie mm -hmm. open was going to lose but right. high flying big moves fun to watch and good yeah. before we go to the main event that's all it was it was a, it, it almost it, it's it's terrible that it felt like a placeholder on a show that was titled as a big deal like the 200th episode that's the only thing and and of course you know you got the big guys like Aussie open that can do a lot of stuff and hang mm -hmm. with, yes. the, with the lucha guys it is so it was a fun entertaining match it just I, I don't, it, it, yes, I I still feel bad saying this, but did it belong on AEW Dynamite, mm -hmm. the 200? Yes, we know it's owned by the same owner. ROH is owned by the same, but it was AEW Night, and you have talent that you could have used. Mm-hmm. I, I still think owning the ROH brand is a waste of money. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, but, 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 but aside from it being an ROH branded match, uh, I, the, the the damn commander spot where he jumps off the top, then jumps on one of the opponents, and then and then transitions into the Canadian destroyer. I mean, I, it, it, I the the crowd went nuts, and I mean, again, I never I've never seen yeah. that before. Uh, so props to that, you know. Yeah, yeah, very exciting guys to watch. I will say, if you see them live, they're both wildly entertaining live for sure. Uh, but it is fun. I don't, yeah, not a lot to take away from it. Uh, I, I'd put Ozzy Open on Dynamite a lot more uh, Ring of Honor stuff aside, just as a team. I think they're great. Um, we get. I, I want to talk about this real quick. I know we're, we're going a little long here, but uh, we got to we never talk about Collision, obviously, because it's on Saturday and it's, you know, we're all busy that day. But we got a little video about what's coming up on Collision and they're talking about uh, CM Punk having the quote real world's title. Um, speculation says that'll probably bleed into dynamite at some point in the title they have over there. But, uh, Justin, how do you feel if, if you've been following collision or do you, how do you feel about the idea of them saying the real world's title is on collision? Um, I'm conflicted because I see pros and cons. I, the pros are, you know, punk did, he, he did have the title when, he then disappeared, you know, injury and backstage craziness. Right. So mm -hmm. on that respect, that makes sense. But then the flip side of that is, you know, like Thunder Rosa was champion. She got injured and they, you know, they, they, you know, they, they don't call her the real women's, you know, so there's a little bit of inconsistency there. Um, I also wonder, is the, is it because, okay, since punk never got beat, is this a clever way for him to create his rogue world title? And now we can kind of have kind of what you have in WWE, which is you can have a two world titles. You can have one for one show, one for another one. So is it, is it, is it, is it a marketing thing of, of, you know, we're not going to have the world. We're not going to have MJF doing two separate storylines on, on, you know, so I, I'm, 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 I also don't know. Again, I'm, I'm being honest here. Is punk a heel or face? Saying I'm the saying saying I'm the real world champ and spray paint and a title traditionally in wrestling that's that's a heel thing, mm -hmm. but yet I see other things that he's doing that he's baby facing. So I don't so or is he? Do they just accept that Punk is just a shade of gray because that is truly who he is. He is a shade of gray with with the wrestling business. Uh, I so I'm 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 kind of in the I'm I'm, I'm torn. I, I, there's pros and cons. <laughs> I don't know if there's a way to say the grayest of grays, but he right. is the grayest right. of grays. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? I, I, I will say, in general, I don't like multiple world titles unless a company is completely separated. Like, I think it's fine to have the NXT mm -hmm. title and the Universal title. Personally, not a mm -hmm. fan of the 
extra world title because I feel like it def- you can't say you're the best if there is right. two of them, uh, unless it's like an actual like these two things never touch. Um, right. But what? How do you think? I mean, this is obviously a storyline as well. What do you think about or just the idea of them doing this two world title thing? I'm okay with it as long as the company itself, like for example, whoever the authority figure is, do they have a, a general manager or anything, or just Tony Khan, mm-hmm. does not recognize that championship that that CM Punk has and CM Punk can carry it all he wants with the X spray painted on it and a whole bit and say, I am the real world champion. You are not recognized as a world champion by this company. So that title you're holding is false or whatever the case may be in that regard. I could see it happening. And then eventually down the line, look, if you want to be recognized as a world champion, you have to earn a title shot against our real world champion. And then you, you can build towards that. And maybe, you know, if you, Hey, I finally got a shot at the world championship. And if he beats me, then I will relinquish this title. He can have my ex. He can have my ex. He can have my ex. All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> yes. Now, again, going back to what I was booking earlier with MJF, if, again, MJF's future is still in question with the company, legit, then maybe there's something, there's a long play that Tony Khan's playing for it through the remainder of 2023, of we got to have CM Punk's world title with this is assuming that MJF retains against Adam Cole at Wembley. Maybe there's something there and Punk squashes MJF or you know, something if, 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 if MJF is on the way out. So, I mean, I, I am keeping that in the back of my mind that maybe there's a long play here of how do we get the current world champion MJF who might be leaving? How do we do this? as gracefully as possible for AEW and, and maybe it's in this, it's in this fashion potentially. I'll, I'll confess that there's a little part of me. And even if we take any, with all of the stuff that happened, even if we say CM Punk is completely 100% not responsible for anything that's ever happened. Uh, there's a part of me that's a bit like, so we built up to him getting the title. He got it immediately left, built up to him getting the title, got it immediately left. And now he's back and we're, I'd be like, I'm kind of, there's a little part of me that's got a little bit of CM Punk fatigue. If that makes mm-hmm. like kind of want to see him do some other stuff for a little bit, but to you guys' point, we'll have to see how it goes. And right. I also like to maintain the right to go. This turned out great. I was wrong the other day. So yeah, and, uh, and, and it still could, but you, you would yeah. not be the first person to say that CM Punk is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I, mean, I and also, I'll say though, he probably business wise makes a lot of sense to be champion. And he, he always entertains me when he's out there. There's just part of me. It's like, Okay, we're doing it again. Let's let's try it one more time. Third time's a charm. Um, but uh, speaking of third time's a charm, uh, Tony Storm puts the title on the line against Hikaru Shida. They have a little video package before earlier in the night to hype up the fight. Uh, story of the match is the kendo stick gets slid in. Shida um, gets it and then use it to take out the outcast. She gets spray painted, but fights through it is able to get the win. And we have a new AEW world champion, Akaru Shida, Jimmy Corderas. Kind of cool to see the women get a main event and have a big title change happen on a dynamite. No, absolutely. It's very cool. And, you know, again, uh, happening on the 200th dynamite, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm a little surprised that it didn't get the time I thought it would get. But at the same time, the women really worked hard here and tried to get this match over and, and they did a good job. They, they got the crowd invested. Um, you know, again, if I have one little critique, I would have preferred that, that 
yes, I get it. Sheeta got sprayed and she fought through it and the whole bit. But I would have preferred if they didn't uh, kill the spray paint angles. Yeah. You know, maybe go for the spray paint. She either ducks it, puts her hands up or something like that. And, you know, but uh, I didn't like the fact that she fought through it that easily and then rolled up Tony Storm in it for for the finish. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset that she won the title. I'm just think it could have been done differently. That's all. Jimmy hates his roll-ups. Uh, and uh, Justin, I'd like your thoughts, but I'd also like you to respond to Corey Pride with the Super Chat. He says, Tony Storm should have won. She's a star. Sheeta ain't. No disrespect to Sheeta, but I somewhat agree. I I understand the commentary is selling this, that Sheeta, you know, um, she never got to defend the title. She was a pandemic champion. Obviously, nobody booked and planned for the pandemic. So I, I get, in a way, you know, good on Tony to kind of do right by his 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 loyal soldiers. Okay, to a point, I get that. that I mean, that, that is good. That's good morale. That's good relations with 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 talent. But I ask, does she to move the needle? Does having does advertising saying we're coming to your town and our AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida is defending? Does that move the needle? I don't. I don't know. I don't have any facts to, to, to. I don't have any actual things in front of me to say that. So I don't know. But I. I do question it, and I question it just based on like, you know, how much of the crowd popping when she comes out tonight, right? Mm-hmm. The, her and Tony worked hard tonight. They really did, and it took it took a while to get the crowd really into this. But they. But they did work hard. Um, there's irony here. Last week, the famous book the women's division better sign. Uh, and then so mm-hmm. here we, we put them in the main event. There's also some weird irony that it's the two hundred dynamite, and the women are notorious to getting the nine thirty time slot, and you actually give them a minute. <laughs> so there's some irony here. Uh, I will say on critique here, they were they had a they had a, a cool angle, a close up. Sheeta, you know, basically out of the guardrail, mounts on top of um, Tony, and looks like she's going to do the, the the ten punch. She only gets like three or four in. But the three or four, they looked mm-hmm. just soft as marshmallows. Mm-hmm. It was, again, I, I don't know. We've got to remind her and everybody. This is a visual TV. The cameras right there. You got to you got to make this look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't have to potato. There's a thing called a working punch. You don't have to potato her, but you need to make it look better. You need to lay it right. in and make it look better. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, my um, you know my my critique would be. As Jimmy was talking about the finish and this and that, the, again, the, the ref distractions are certainly not their strength, the company's AW. But and, and part of what doesn't help this is that they have so many factions, so many groups, and they insist on always having the extra parties out there. So you have Soraya and you have Ruby out there. So it, it almost becomes like, okay, we put the match together, and it becomes like almost like an obligation. Well, Soraya and Ruby out there, we have to somehow null and void them and so then we start coming up with these overly complex you know spray it, it took the rep who's the referee was it paul turner no no uh, i think it's paul, paul yes yes paul yeah, it was paul. in the history of refereeing if a referee wants to discard the damn weapon kick or slide the damn thing out of the ring mm-hmm he acted like this was like the the the, the 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 kendo stick that belonged to Jesus and had to go to a museum. He picked this thing up. He walked it over to the ropes. Come here, stage hand. Come here, Justin Roberts. Let, take this. 
no, no, it just, it just, it was just, mm. uh, no, just kick the damn thing out of the ring, <laughs> like you would if a, and and so that it just it, the whole the retrospection again, it's and and if, <sighs> yeah, Paul Turner was kind of put in a tough spot <laughs> yeah. there because like it was mm-hmm. slid in like right in front of him, and I think. <sighs> He's kind of put in that tough spot where like he knows what needs to happen, but he saw it and now he's in that. Well, and oh was... by the way, and oh by the oh, sorry, Jeremy, but oh by the way, I think I think prior to him throwing the kendo stick out, the only use of the kendo stick was the babyface uses it and hit the illegal non-participants <laughs> of the match. Right. So it's not like it was even in threat of being used. Uh, I just whatever. No. Good. Congrats, Sheeta. Hard worker, both ladies worked hard, mm-hmm. but I, 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 we'll see. Let me see. I don't know if, if she moves the needle though. Let's book the women's division better. I did. did it, I don't know if she moves the needle. I hope I'm no. wrong. Prove me wrong. I want to see a sign in the audience's book ref distractions better. I, uh, yeah, I, I felt bad for Paul Turner. He was in a, like, no. like I said, because he, what he should have, like, I think the real, real thing he should have done is go, oh, get this out of here and grab it and throw it out. But there was a moment where he's like, kind of like, what are you doing guys? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, right. But yeah, I do. Because I, again, I think he was just in a tough spot. Like what he's without yeah. blowing the spot. Actually, Jimmy, I guess if you, if you were still there, if you were at WWE or whatever, and, and that happened to you, and you, you inadvertently got put in that spot. Would they say, dude, you got to get rid of the, got to get rid of the, the stick and they yeah. got to figure something out. Or would they say, you got to figure out a way to make it look like it's, you know what I mean? Like what would they want you to do? It, it, it depends on who the, the producer slash agent is. And, and of course, uh, in WWE land, the referee is the authority figure. So if you see somebody in the ring with that thing, you get rid of it. Yeah. You know, even, even you know, uh, unless it's like uh, the Eddie Guerrero situation with the lie, cheat and steal stuff where he used to come in with the chair. You know what I mean? And pass yeah. it off to the heel when when the referee's back was turned and the referee would turn around, and see the heel with the chair, you know, and so, something like that. But yeah. It, it just the referee distraction and I get it. They're doing what they're told to do. Mm-hmm. So, but they have to realize at some point that the heat is going to the, like I said earlier, to the wrong person. The heat should not go on the referee. Right. Cause yeah. And, and I, I know like uh winning is mentioning in the chat here that Aubrey missed uh, the, the bat earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one thing was like, I can kind of tell you can see it out of the corner of your eye, but this was literally, he was like, right. Like he was facing yeah, her as she slid it in and mm-hmm. was looking down at it. And there's, it's one thing to be like, yeah, obviously they caught, probably could have caught that out of the corner of their eye, but this was mm-hmm. like literally in a situation. I don't even think it was his yeah. fault. I mean, that was just, that's just the way he was. It was just done right in front of him. What's he supposed mm-hmm. to do? They, uh, they would be, yeah. they would honestly be better. I, I'm serious. They would be better off. It would, it would take the rate of burying the referees way down. Tony Khan will be better off just, again. Ode to W or Ode to ECW. Just say that like we don't really care about DQs or countouts. It's kind of like how ECW rules or there was the match was not going to end in DQ. There was nothing more anti-hardcore than that, right? Mm-hmm. Just say that's the vibe we're going for. And if you just if if you start the show and just tell me that, you don't even have to work to do these ref distraction spots. Because the if, if the ref can't DQ, then just yeah, let outside interference. It, it, it's almost like what's like well, it's, that's just the situation. That's just what. It, at least the ref's not going to get buried. The ref's going to be like, well, it's the, the it's the effing yeah. wild west. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only one sheriff, you know. Right. I, I don't know. And then I then I think with AEW, you know, they had they've had some cameos and 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 one offs by some of the greatest refs ever, like Mike Kyoto. 
why the hell is Kyoto not there still? And I, I like, did Kyoto, did he push back and say, hey, here's A, B, and C, what you guys need to change? And did Tony not want to hear that? I don't know. I, I always wonder, like, why are guys like that? You know, uh, uh, Jimmy's a free agent. Jimmy's floating out here. Jimmy gives a good consulting advice every single week. Like, why do you, like, why, if you're not going to, if you're not going to better, traditional pro wrestling rules and refereeing they just get rid of it and again have the aew rules which is anything goes right right yeah i think especially in this case it was pretty i'm usually pretty lenient on referees but that one was a, a pretty tough pill to swallow there uh i do think uh, i i will dissent here a little bit i think uh hikaru shida was the right person to win though i i get that tony Sto- storm is the the star is she's a probably a bigger star probably going to move the needle more but i also think and i know you guys will say that you got to get fans outside of the current audience but i think she's got a little bit of a johnny gargano and nxt uh vibe where like she's one of ours so to speak in aew where i think it's something that the fans of aew like to see her win and like to see her that i do think that she should have been getting some wins on tv a little bit before she came back and got this win uh i know people say she got a win on rampage but like but Jack, it, Jack, it should be happening a bit more often. Can, can can you send her out and do a promo? Can she talk you into the building? Right. Again, well, I, can, can I, she move? The, can she sell you tickets? I I mean I, that's why I, say, I I get what you're saying, but I think and this is one of those things where as a fan of AEW, if you see she's on a poster, I think it'll get you in the seat now seats. And now again, I agree mm-hmm. that she's not going to go on the Today Show anytime soon. She's not going to be that kind of person. But I think sometimes you got to give something to the fans to make them happy. Like this is one of our people. But I, I get that, but they've been catering to this hardcore f- audience with almost everything they do. They have to start trying to like expand their horizons and try to draw in some new viewers. And by, if you continue to cater to this one group of audience, you're not going to do that. Uh, I, I will double my, my comment with, I also think, I think Tony storm kind of ran her course. I don't really know who else would be challenging her that, would okay, be so, a interesting new challenger. But why would you not, you know, Soraya, Soraya is obviously medically cleared. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't need to work a match every week. But, like, again, she she's somebody who there was some buzz when she came over because she is who she is from previously from WWE. And she's, as I said, she's had a Hollywood movie produced by The Rock made about her. Why would you not put the title on her? And, again, she doesn't have to wrestle every week, but just having her appear, having her kind of do the Roman Reigns strategy of where she's the all-powerful title holder and you build to her uh, matches, but she can move the needle. She's somebody, again, She she's got a Hollywood, you know, I, I just, this is where I think you get into a danger of you have somebody who runs a company who loves pro wrestling so much, well, that's great, but can you get out of that bubble? Can you get out of that lane of, I love Hikaru Shida. I love what she does. I love her style. What, 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 I love how, how loyal she's been to me. But it's like, is she helping your year over year growth? I don't know. Well, well let me ask, who, who do you guys think, if, let's say Tony Storm won, who do you think should challenge for the belt at uh, All In? Why not a Britt Baker? Haven't we doctor. seen that? Have we seen that already? Though I mean, I feel yeah, like yeah, but that's but she she. I, I feel like Dolph, Dolph Ziggler getting it. Brit, shot again. No, right? but she connects with the audience. Yeah, Jack, Jack, name me name me a, a a woman in AEW who gets a bigger reaction as she comes out. 
I mean, you're right. I just I've seen it before. It's, I, it's, but, 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 I, but let's see I it again. Not, the, not like Dolph, it's like Brock Lesnar challenging Roman Reigns. It's like yeah, it's the biggest match, but but it bought but a box office drew every time. Right when when Brit's music hits, people react. Mm-hmm. And and they like that you know and, and and again she's got a story you know she she's she's got a story and she still works you know, she is a dentist and everybody knows she's with Adam Cole so there's a and he's the top baby face so it's kind of like oh look it's the power baby face couple and right. she's she's an original she was there from the like I I don't know I I just I I'm I I don't know at first when AEW started they didn't have a lot of women because they so many of, of the best talented women in in the wrestling business were gobbled up by WWE. You know, Britt was one of the few that had not gotten signed by WWE who was out there so it was smart for AEW to to to, to grab her. And then AEW like made or then WWE made women available you know, through all the cuts that would happen through pandemic and whatever so it was like all right, AEW has the taking here to start to and they acquired some of them, and like it was a big deal. We acquired Ruby. Mm-hmm. We got the rancid music. You know, Tony loves to pay for the, for the music, and I feel like we quickly ran through Ruby's star power. Then we had Tony ran through that. Then Soraya's here ran like I. I don't know. I just feel like we we again we just run through the new toys and we just discard mm-hmm. the new toys over to the play box. Well, uh, I, I I liked it, but I get what you guys are saying. So uh, that does it for this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, but before we go, of course, everyone in the chat, let me know what you guys thought of the show overall or any uh, comments you guys had. Uh, and while you guys do that, I'm going to go around the horn. And Jimmy, what were your final thoughts on this week's episode? And where can the world find you online? I thought for the most part, it was a fun episode of thing. A little too much... Uh, repetitiveness especially with the ref distractions happened far too often tonight but it to me the only thing is it didn't feel like a special episode of of dynamite like dynamite the 200th episode of dynamite felt like it should have been like made me go wow that was awesome and it just didn't feel that way was i entertained at that yeah for the most part i was but at the same time it didn't feel as special as i thought it should have felt as far as where you can reach me, obviously here on Wednesday nights, like we are here right now, and on Monday nights, Triple J as well, after Raw. And this Saturday after SummerSlam, it'll be Triple J back at it again. And on Wednesdays also drops the Reffing It Up podcast with my myself and my brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hepner, and the glue that holds it all together, RJ. Uh, mm-hmm. and this week we talked with Tasha Steeles. We had a lot of fun chatting with Ooh. her and it's a great episode. So I, I, I invite you all to tune in. And of course, on all my social media platforms, you can catch me doing my rough and rant from Monday to Friday. And as I always say, they're critiques not to tear down, but do tighten screws that I think need to be tightened. Uh, at first, you said Titan Screws. I thought you were saying the name. That's my new wrestling name. I think Titan Screws. Titan Screws. T I T T I T A N. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. the, the next generation's uh, uh, Terra Ryzen. There you go. <laughs> uh but uh yeah by the way everyone follow rj he's a good guy and super supportive of uh everyone else um but uh justin where can the world find you and uh, all the stuff you're working on and what did you think of the show overall uh overall i mean it was fun there was parts of it was fun there were again I'm, I'm cliffhanging on on certain things as i talked about here um and then there were other things that i'm just kind of like 
yeah, you know, didn't didn't necessarily uh, it didn't necessarily feel like a big show. Uh, at Justin LaBar across the socials, and yeah, I'll be Friday morning spar with LaBar Sirius XM Radio. Then Saturday night, Saturday night's on right for fighting. It'll be the three of us uh, for what's going to be probably a, a very big SummerSlam. So please, if uh, you're listening to this live or after the fact, um, get your get a clear your schedule. Saturday, it's Saturday night. Stay up late with us and be part of it live. There you go uh, for Triple J talking SummerSlam, hottest night in the summer. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Uh, and I want to shout out everyone. Thanks so much. Uh, fun review mm-hmm. says Swerve Show. We got uh, Manish. We got Max. We got Ricky, KOD, Danny, and uh, everyone else, Droy, Jay, Huffman. And uh, I'll appreciate all of you guys uh, coming through. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Leave uh, the five stars between now and then. And Saturday, Jack will read all the five stars that come through between now and then. That's how we'll start the show. Go. Yes, if you leave a five-star review, I'm reading it on the air on Saturday. Uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I'm going to be just living here at Wrestling Inc. this week. I'm going to be on the SmackDown after show. I'm going to be on the SummerSlam after show with you two. And um, it, look, SummerSlam, it's one of the biggest shows of the year. I have a feeling this one's going to be very special. And then after SummerSlam, you can be a part of the biggest party of the summer, the Triple J After Show on Wrestling Inc. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you guys all there. I think that does it for us. Uh, And until next time, follow at Wrestling Inc. But these three, we'll see you after SummerSlam. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.